0: Another week of That Entrepreneur Show is here. I'm your host, Vincent A. Lancy. This is a special episode to deliver as today's guest and I have known each other for over a decade and both chose to pursue entrepreneurship post UT. Each week on this platform, I interview a different entrepreneur from across the country and around the globe. Whether you are looking to start or scale your business, This is the show for you. This week's guest is a hustler and grinds to make her dreams come true, and she does all things custom at LaCora by Jay. What you wear says a lot about who you are. She is proud to have this business where she can create handmade pieces that allow people to express themselves and make them feel happy. Her passion is making comfortable, badass loungewear that will keep you looking good and staying comfy. I've watched her journey unravel over the last few years and she's making some noise. So allow me to now introduce Jordan <laughs> Shine. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on for an episode. Hi, Ben. <laughs> Happy Would you mind... to be here. Well, thank you for coming on, Jordy. Would you mind please introducing yourself to our listeners and previewing your story just a bit without giving away too much of your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Yes. Um, so my name is jordan um i grew up in a suburb outside of boston massachusetts and i've actually can't believe i'm saying this now have lived in tampa for almost 12 years which is just crazy i transferred here um, my sophomore year to the university of tampa from the university of vermont and i never left and um I mean, I started working in Tampa as a server the day after I graduated college and that job at, um, it was, it still is a pretty popular restaurant here, kind of opened the doors to every job I got subsequently after that, which I'm pretty thankful for and, um, I never really knew what it was that I, I quote unquote, wanted to do when I grew up. I actually didn't really have a clear direction after leaving high school. I wasn't sure if college was really right for me just because I was so happy and content in the life I was living when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing I did know is that I was not meant for the corporate world. So after, um, I'd say a slew of jobs that were all helpful and getting me where I am today and help me gain life experience. I'm now an entrepreneur, which I never thought I would say, but I do own my company called LaCora by Jay. And I create uh, and design custom loungewear and jewelry, as you said. Um, and that's where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for joining the show. She makes quality clothing and it's all really, really good looking clothing. Jordy, I got to ask you here, many reasons and situations lead up to finally becoming an entrepreneur. Like you're saying, please describe what that final moment was or what led you to entrepreneurship.
1: Um, well, I wouldn't say it was like a final moment. I think it kind of evolved into what I'm doing. I I mean, from the beginning of me growing up 11, 12, 13 years old, I had been always staying up late and doing creative art projects like making collages out of magazine clippings or pictures of all my friends or making jewelry, whatever it was. So I guess I've always been destined to do something in the creative field. And I... There was one, I guess, little pivotal moment. I remember in 2015, I was coming home from a trip with my dad and my brother, and we were in the airport in Puerto Rico for a layover, and I saw this bracelet in a window, and it was all locally made uh, jewelry, and it was just this beautiful, sparkly bracelet that was a druzy, which I don't know if you know what a druzy is, but it's basically like a geode, stone, and it was on this silk wrap. And I saw it, I wanted it, but I looked at the price tag and it was over $100. So I looked and I said, you know, I think I can probably make that. And I went home and I went on Etsy and I got some geodes and I got some silk wraps and I made myself some bracelets. And I remember, I think a couple days after that, I was sitting with my girlfriend at a bar and a woman leaned over and said, she loved my bracelet. And she asked me where I got it. And I said, I made it. And she asked if she could buy one. So that was kind of um, where I started to make money off of the things that I made with jewelry. And I loved all my jobs that I had prior to doing this. Uh, It was actually just kind of COVID that really pushed me into doing this myself. I, in March of last year, so pretty much one year ago. So I have no idea what came over me. But I I had worked at Camp Tampa, which is a fitness boutique here in Tampa. And um, I was was always distressing my own camp shirts that I wore. And one day, one of the owners said, um, you know, can you take these shirts home? Maybe do something to them. They're not really selling. So I took them all home, tie-dyed them, bleached them, distressed them, brought them back to camp and they were gone in a second. So from there is where I started doing a little bit of, you know, creative things to close that were sold. And then when the pandemic hit a a year or so, whatever that was later, I have no idea why, but I just got up one day off the couch and I said to my boyfriend, I'm, I'm going to go do something, sell something because we have a lot of friends in hospitality. And I thought my friends are going to suffer so bad. I just need to like think of something to do. And I also needed to have a creative outlet. So I went to Walmart, actually, and I bought five gray sweatshirts and one black sweatshirt. And I did a little bit of a cool design on them. And I went completely out of my comfort zone. And I posted a story on my Instagram saying how I was going to sell these sweatshirts and a portion of the proceeds would go to a restaurant that was having a hard time. I posted those sweatshirts thinking nothing of it, like maybe somebody will buy one. I think I posted them for like 35 bucks, And I sold all of them in under a half hour and people continuously ordered them for me. So that was where the clothing really kind of took off in such a cool way. And I have just continued to build relationships with um, individuals doing a lot of individual custom orders and now doing a ton of wholesale orders.
0: Yeah, you're crushing it. Everybody listening on, be stored to stick around to the end of the episode to find out how to place your own order. You mentioned mm-hmm. you finally went full time with this a little over a year ago. How long total have you been working on this?
1: Kind, of, I've, I've tried to pinpoint down uh, an actual time frame, truly <laughs> with... Creating jewelry, it's been since 2015 because I still do um, what I call the bracelet bar, which is an I create a bar wherever people hire me to have this bracelet bar where people come and pick beads and make their own bracelets at the bar. Um, so it really did start in 2015. So I'd say it's, it'll be about six years that I've had my own business, I guess. Uh, but clothing wise, it's been one year and one month. and. I have made almost 4,500 to 5,000 pieces.
0: Congratulations on all this growth. And it's a testament to hard work and just continuing to grow. Her brand started as something and now she's evolved it to a whole new section with the clothing and she's generating so much revenue. But being on your own, Jordan, there's a lot of challenges. What are the two biggest challenges for you as an entrepreneur?
1: I don't think you could ever say that there are just two. Uh, um, it's quite impossible. There's a myriad of difficulties that I could have. And I could list so many, but I guess if I had to pick two, for me personally, um, one would be, and this probably sounds silly, but it's kind of acknowledging and accepting and being confident in the fact that I do have my own business. I'm not really sure why, But I struggle when people ask me what I do and I say I make clothes, I always laugh after. So I think just being really strong behind, standing behind what you do and being confident was pretty hard. Second thing, which I know is very cliche, but time management. Um, I am a person who I, I like to do things in a certain way. I'm pretty controlling when it comes to certain things. And I let so much time take over what I'm doing. And I have all these ideas and time is just, you can't add any more hours to the day. So doing that, and um, I have to add one more.
0: Please I keep going, it, it should be <laughs>
1: uh, Seeking help and asking, allowing help and finding the appropriate guidance to be able to grow your business and and listening to the right people, just, you know, advice, taking advice, getting help. That's something that I'm, I'm constantly, you know, I struggle because I, I want to do things on my own, but I also really need help, which would, um, you know, allow me more time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent points. I resonate with a lot of it. You cannot do this on your own as an entrepreneur. You're wearing every hat. There are never enough hours in the day. You know, my schedule, Jordy, up early here. I'm up late. Yeah, you, we have little offices schedules. It's funny. <laughs> you need to ask people for help, though, because you can't do it on your own network to the right party. You have to also be cautious of whose information you're taking. As much as people mean well, they may not be qualified to give you the correct solution to what you're asking for. And Jordi, through entrepreneurship, what is your greatest failure or lesson learned?
1: I think my greatest lesson learned so far is to do my due diligence and make sure that I am getting involved with the right people or the right business that represent my brand and not just to be a yes man and say yes to every opportunity or every order, just because there's money on the other end. I unfortunately had a I don't know if I can say this. Uh, I'm going to say shitty. A shitty experience <laughs> with um, a so a person had a an online, I guess, boutique through Instagram, and that's actually my. I pay zero dollars for advertising. I mean, everyone is finds me through word of mouth or through Instagram. Instagram is my sole platform that I use. So I use DMs for mostly all my business introductions. And a boutique messaged me and said that they loved my brand, and they would love to have uh, a custom collection in their boutique and sell it and whatnot. And unfortunately, they ended up receiving my items. And I noticed in a photo that all of my brand labels that were sewn into every item were ripped out of them all. Um, And I could see that because I saw the remnants of my labels in all of the clothing. And this person uh, ended up putting them up on her website and her social media and calling it her very own line that she had been working on for months. And it was just such a bummer for me. It was so disheartening because I put in so much time, effort, creativity, and it's my intellectual property. And when I tried to reach, and this person and I had been communicating via text messages for a, a good like three or four weeks now all the time. And she had been constant with her responses, answering everything. The day she puts them all up and I see what's going on, I call her a bunch, text her a bunch, and she's completely flaky mm. and avoids me at all costs until I bring up the legality of the situation. And what she was doing was was legal because it's called it, there's a whole term for it. Some people are very, you know, what your agreement that you make, you're able to sell someone else's brand, put your tag on it, but that was not our agreement. It was not a collaboration. It was something I made under my name. And It was just it really like it took the wind out of my sails because I really put so much into what I do. And for someone to just slap their name on it and then ignore me, it was just really it was hard. So definitely to my lesson was to to get involved with the right people, do my research, cultivate good relationships and know who I'm getting involved with before just saying yes.
0: I have to say that's an absolutely terrible situation, but I think it's made you even stronger business-wise because look how well you're doing now. Great lessons for everybody there. She gave you exactly what she learned from a situation. You have to look at things as that, find the bright side of it. She found the lessons and she moved forward. How long ago was this, Jordan?
1: It was right after my birthday, so in February, I think.
0: So not the best birthday present, but your success is a good present, I think. Jordy, if you could choose to have a conversation and learn from any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who would you choose?
1: Nicki Minaj. I'm just kidding. I do want to talk to her, though. Hmm. Um, I would choose two people. One would be Kate Hudson, and my second would be um, Norma Kamali. I don't know if you've heard of her. I'm sure you've heard of Kate Hudson, but... Kate Hudson is the coolest to me. She has the best style. She is multifaceted. She's an actress and she founded Fabletics, which is the athleisure line. And she has a wellness line. She has a TV production company. She also has a podcast um, that her and her brother host together, which I love to listen to. And now she has her own vodka. So I think like, She's just a person I admire with everything she does, and she does it with a smile on her face, and she's just beautiful, and her mom's Goldie Hawn, so that's cool. But um, as a person that I think of an icon in the fashion industry and just a superior business professional is Norma Kamali. She is a badass, and she is 75. And she has the most positive outlook on life and all stages of life. And she has been in the fashion industry for over 50 years and her whole life is just so cool. And I think it's I, I admire women, especially who have lived several lives And one of, she is one of those people because she started in the sixties and she basically created the concept that we now call athleisure, which I think was in about like 1980. Mm -hmm. She was the first person to really make sweatpants, not just your baggy sweatpants that you wear around your house and make them into something that had a little bit of swag that you could wear and make a staple in your uh, everyday wardrobe. And she brought, she was a, I think they were called a stewardess back then, but she was a flight attendant and flew back and forth from Europe, uh, sorry, from London to New York. And she just brought back so many styles from London to the U.S. that weren't here. She invented the sleeping bag. Coat, which is what we now know as like a down jacket. And she did it because she was camping and she was really cold and she wore the sleeping bag and made it into a jacket, legit out of a sleeping bag. So I just think people like that are absolutely admirable with their ability to do something like that. And she is still on every website that I shop on today. And I just would love to be able to speak to her and just, just hear her talk about her whole life.
0: It sounds like she had tremendous intra- influence across many generations, a fashion icon. But let's mm-hmm. look into the future, Jordy. We're going to go short-term and long-term goals. What do you see yourself and all of your entrepreneurial endeavors short-term?
1: Um, Short-term, I'd really like to be able to have a space that I can make my studio as well as a little bit of a retail location. So people could come in and kind of work with me to be able to create their custom items. For example, I do a lot of bridesmaids sets. So I think it would be really nice if the bride who is gifting these to her bridesmaids could come in, kind of look at all the different colors, fabrics, and kind of like, you know, it's always nice to touch and feel and see something instead of just
0: Yeah, that would talk be awesome, I think, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so I would like to do that in the short term.
0: And then now let's look bigger, long term.
1: Uh, I would love to feel confident enough to have a, a team of people that I could work together with and create uh, several different collections of clothing, not just loungewear. I think I would really like to move on to other items that can be comfortable clothing for people, but not so much sweatpants and sweatshirts, more so like dresses and skirts and things that I really like to wear as well. And I'm a very petite person. So it's very hard for me and my petite friends to find clothes that don't need to be tailored and hemmed and cost an extra 150 bucks on top of what we already paid for. So I would long-term really like to have a line of clothing that fits me in my small friends.
0: Well, I look forward to seeing all your goals happen. I look forward to seeing the clothing line in the future. And now I definitely want to get your take on this week's spotlight story. Each week, I share the entrepreneurial journey of a fellow entrepreneur to inspire our listeners. And I would love your take on it. As we have a rock star fashion entrepreneur on the show this week, I will now introduce the journey of another into Mara Mellon. Much of her career was defined by one brand, Jimmy Choo. She became its co-founder in 1996, and it quickly became, as the article puts, the final word on playful, sexy shoes for women. She helped grow this business for 15 years until the relationship with the company hit a boiling point. In 2011, she left because she felt overworked, overlooked, and undercompensated. She wrote her book called In My Shoes right after leaving this firm and describes her time there as a power struggle between her and all male management team in place. Only two years later, she launched her new shoe brand and, quote, I was thinking about the next generation of luxury. This is an interesting part for all you seeking funding out there. Investors had put up $24 million and retailers set up the meetings, but she soon hit a wall. The feedback she received was that she was trying to do things too differently. After hitting this crosswords, she either thought, I can do things the way they've always been done or blaze her own path, despite any discomfort that would follow. She chose her own path and ended up in Chapter 11, but she has now persevered after a few tough years. Her luxury brand is thriving. Jordy, what do you like best about her story?
1: That she didn't stop. You know, she, she knew that she was, that she loved what she was doing. She was just doing it with the wrong people and the wrong company. And she chose to find her own path. And she continued to see the good in her love for the luxury items and the shoes. And she just did it on her own.
0: She did. Especially after hitting chapter 11, most would probably choose to give up. And I appreciate the analysis on that, Jordy. And also, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Another listeners are going to see all the value in your show. I loved how you talked about the growth you've had over, you said, since 2015. You explained how your company has now evolved with the clothing brand and how it is super lucrative for you. I also enjoy the part where you shared your story about your greatest lesson learned where you felt so hurt from that and you carried that motivation. You continued it. Someone really copied you. And there's a quote out there that's, if someone copies you, it's the highest form of flattery. So at least you know you're doing something right here, Jordy. And your goals are very ambitious. So I look forward to seeing all of them unfold. And now I would like you for your last word. As you know, we also do this on my other platforms because I want the listeners to really have the opportunity to get to know each guest I bring on. What would you like to end this with?
1: Um, I think that the last word would definitely be find something that you are, it sounds so cliche, but find something that you're passionate about. And it doesn't have to be your job your career, or anything that you profit from, I just think that it's very important to have something in life that you really care about. And you. it's a yearning to do that just makes you feel good. And for me, making comfy clothes for people happens to be my passion right now. But for someone else, it could be, I don't know, playing an instrument or reading a certain genre of a book, whatever it is, just something to always look forward to doing. I think that there's, it's, it's just, it's, it's nice to have something like that in life and you can rely on that. And then my, my last, last words are just to see the good, see the good in all things.
0: Two great last words. You mentioned these comfy clothes again, where can people buy them? Where can people find you on Instagram? Please share.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I'll do Locally uh, in Tampa, I mean, I'm not really sure where most of your listeners are from, but in Tampa, they are sold uh, right now at the Social Revelry, which is a boutique in Hyde Park Village. They are sold uh, through Sweatology, which is over toward McDill, uh, Undress Tans, and um, uh, downtown St. Pete. They're, they're all over the place. I'm actually I'm going international. I'm going to sell in Canada in a couple months. There you uh, go. M- mainly my Instagram, that is truly where I respond to people and go back and forth with individuals to create custom orders. And my Instagram handle is Locora, which is L-O-C-U-R-A underscore by J.
0: Thank you for sharing all that, everyone. Be sure to go check out what she's got to offer. And she also mentioned how she's using Instagram as a resource. I do the same thing. Many guests I connect with. Many possible speaking engagements that I connect with, they're all through DM on Instagram. So please use social media for the right reasons and your business will reap its benefits. And it's also social media time for the show. And we're on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at That Entrepreneur Show. And on Twitter, we're at Podcast by Lancey. So you get updates from all of my shows. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube. And my website is Vincentalancy.com. If you check out any of my books, DM me or email me, I would love to hear from you. We have Mr. Lancy Talks Mental Health, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption, and How to Transform Your Mindset When the Norm Has Changed, all around my website or Amazon Now. As always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. This one is from today's Spotlight Entrepreneur. Samara Mellon. She said, quite simply, feel the fear and do it anyway. Thank you all for listening. And I'll see you next week on that entrepreneur show.